0: Welcome to the King's Chapel Alaska podcast. From wherever you are listening, we are so excited that you tuned in today. Let's prepare our hearts to hear from God's Word. I want to take a scripture from John 21, and if you don't look it up, I'll read it for you. But I prefer if you look it up and you, if you see it and, and I'll read it out loud and you hear it, you hear it, see it and read it yourselves. I think it sticks to you better, but it's a uh, John 21 verse 15, and I'm, I'm going to do this quickly for time's sake, I've taken so much time. So, when they had dined, that's eating. For you people in Alaska, dined is eating. I dined with Pastor tonight at Evangelos. We go there because I'm an evangelist and I felt at home there. <laughs> so, when they had dined, that sounds so like candlelight and, you know, and all. They're on on the bank of a of the coastline of something. Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? And he said, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. And Jesus said unto him, Feed my lambs. But he said to him, look at verse 16. He saith unto him again, Say again. Everybody, say it again. 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 He said unto him again, the second time, son of Jonas, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest. Thou me, And he said, yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. I'm putting the emphasis where I want to, so don't think it's strange. You'll see in a minute. He saith unto him, feed my sheep. Verse 17 now. He saith unto him the third time. Now, it did not say again the third time. Did you notice that? It doesn't say again. He said unto him the third time. Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, Lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus said, Feed my sheep. Then he went on and said, Oh, and by the way, verily, verily, I say unto thee, when you were young, you girded yourself. And you walkest wherever thou wouldest. You, went what, you did what you wanted to do, Peter. But listen to what he said. But when you get old, you're going to stretch forth your hands. And another shall gird thee and carry thee whither thou wouldest not go. This, verse 90, this spake Jesus signifying by what death, not by what life, by what death, he should glorify God. Jesus just predicted the crucifixion, stretched forth the hands. That's what that meant. Jesus just told Peter, you're going to be crucified and you're going to die for me the way I died for you. Oh, and by the way, now come follow me. <laughs> oh, I thought you just invited me to dine, not to die. Now, it would be different if Pastor Guild said, Brother Dave, would you come, we're going to go out and we're going to die together before church. Oh, I think I'll go to McDonald's, you go to Vangelos. <laughs> Jesus invited Peter to die for him. But see, you have to get through that love thing first. Let's talk about it a minute. I, I'm, going to, I'm going to move along quickly, so stay with me. Unfortunately, in the English language, one word can mean many things. The word love has really three basic, and there's even more than this, but three basic definitions eros, phileo, and agape. Those are weird words, but same with me eros, eros. phileo, phileo. Agape. agape. You've heard of agape. You ever heard of phileo? Yeah. Some of you have. It's the root word for Philadelphia. Eros, love, I don't know if this is a fact what I'm about to say, but arrows by Cupid, arrows, love, that's physical love, that's intercourse, that's, that, animals have physical love, animals, that, that's the most basic form of physical attraction, and we call it arrows love, it's, it's the carnal love, we're not going to talk about that tonight, so relax. <laughs> there are children here, and this is not an R-rated service. R is in religious. We don't do religion here. We do relationship. Amen. That was good. I thought of that just now. I'm going to keep that one. Boy, when it works, I keep it. Because I got a lot that doesn't work. Let me tell you that. So when they had dined, Jesus said unto Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? And that love word was, Do you agape love me. And Peter answered and said, I phileo love you. Jesus said, do you love me with the love of God? And Peter said, I love you with the love of, my, of a brother. That's exactly. If you don't believe me, look at the revised version. I'm reading from the King James, but the revised version reads it out for you. Do you like me or do you love me? Kind of, we're going to put that in the most simple terms possible. Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, Peter, do you love me? Well, I really like you, Jesus. That's basically what he said. And Jesus said, no, no, no. Do you love me with the love of God? Well, I really like you with the love of a brother. Phileo, the city of brotherly love. Jesus is asking Peter, do you love me with the love of God? And he said, I love you with the love of a brother. Now, Jesus, okay, okay. Go feed my lambs. but, But let me ask you again, Peter, do you get this? Do you love me with the love of God? He said, I I love you like a brother. And she said, okay, feed the sheep. But third time, see, he didn't say again the third. He asked the same question twice, but not thrice. The third time Jesus lowered, and in the original, in the original Greek, all this is written out. In the original Greek, he said, you love me with the love of a brother? That's why Peter was grieved. Because the third time he didn't say, again, do you love me with the love of God? The third time Jesus said, do you love me with the love of a brother? And Peter said, you know all things. Now, why would Jesus say that? I, Peter say that. Did Jesus really know all things? Yeah, Peter had been down that road. Yeah. If you ever need me, Jesus, call me 1-800-P-E-T-E-R. I'll be right there, Lord. Just call me. Okay, let's go pray. Okay, I'll go pray. And he went to sleep. And he said, "Watch you pray? let you stand under temptation. Jesus, you're talking to Peter, though Pastor Gill and all these friends and church and everybody, it was a forsake you. They've forsake you, yet will not I. Though all forsake I'm better than the rest of the human race. I'll never forsake you. And you know the story. At the job of a servant girl and the crowing of a rooster, Peter cursed Jesus virtually to his face, which is to say he didn't know Jesus was standing behind him when he said all that nasty stuff. And he turned and saw Jesus standing there. You think he's going to try to pull the wool over Jesus' eyes again? Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I brotherly love you, which is simply putting it this way. In the song of the ungodly theater presentation of a musical called Jesus Christ Superstar where the words are so callously and, and horribly. Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, who are you? What did you sacrifice? Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, who are you? Who do you think you are? And in that musical, the question is that, the statement is made. I... Don't know how to love him. That's all I need to hear. That's all you need to hear. Because until you know how to love him, what's going to happen to you on the bank of a river on the border with Cambodia when the hand grenade of your life explodes? Do you like him or do you love him? Because when the heat's on, let me tell you, that question is going to come to you in one form or another. Are you going to be his friend? Are you going to be his brother? Are you going to love him with the love of God? And no matter what it takes, you're going to love him to the last breath and heartbeat you've got because Jesus knew at the end that Peter would love him enough one day to be crucified. For him say, oh, by the way, you're going to die for me. like I died for you. Come on, let's walk this walk together. Follow me. Jesus knew. And somehow I wonder maybe Peter even knew, but he just... Didn't know how to love him yet. Well, if he didn't know how to love him with the love of God, how do you get that? How do you get from the love of man to the love of God? How do you make that leap of faith? How do you get beyond that that link to the incredible agape love, like the water that flows from the throne of God, not from a water fountain in the foyer? How do you get to that different love? Well, Peter would experience it. It was called the day of Pentecost. Acts 2 and 4 when the sound of a rushing mighty wind and tongues of fire came and it filled the room where 120 were tarrying, and the Holy Ghost fell on and they all were filled with the Holy Ghost, spake with other tongues and they got what were called gifts, but they got more than gifts and I'm going to talk about it in a second. What was the gifts they got? Well, they had the gift of the Holy Ghost himself, not an it, but him. They received the Holy Ghost, a second magnificent work of grace that was just as big a beginning in their lives as it was to be born again, now to be filled with the Holy Ghost, a second work of God's grace. They spake with tongues. Do you believe that? They, They talked in tongues. There's some religions say, that's of the devil. I'd be careful before I went around saying that. Don't be blaspheming the Holy Ghost. And if you don't understand it, don't talk about it unless you understand it. And don't don't go laying the work of the devil to the Holy Spirit. That's blasphemy. There are some sins you don't get forgiveness for. You need to know that. They spoke in tongues. You see, My first language was Spanish. I didn't learn English until I was six years old. I got a Mexican nanny. My mom was ill, couldn't take care of me. My, and at six years old, they told me I wasn't a Mexican. I was fluent in Spanish. Fluent, totally. I mean, that was my language. Now, I don't speak it so well because when I went to Vietnam, I had to learn Vietnamese to interrogate. You had to learn how to speak it. And you had to learn how to understand it. And they even had northern accents like we do. Where are you from? Minnesota. In Texas, it's Minnesota. I had learned the accent. I learned Vietnamese so well, I got confused with my Spanish. And I was getting a language that nobody could understand. They said, you're, not, you're Pentecostal. I spoke in tongues. Even God had to have a translator. (laughs) What did he just say? They spoke in another language, but it was languages that some of the people there could understand. Here's the language everybody understood because that old guy named Simon Peter that couldn't even know how to love Jesus at the job of a servant girl cursed him. At the crowing of a rooster cursed Jesus. Now stands up and preaches, and five thousand people heard the message and gave their heart to Jesus. What made the difference in a loser and a winner? Not just the gift of the spirit that let them speak in tongues. And so often, and I say this tragically, so often people that are Pentecostals focus on that gift of speaking in other tongues because they think it makes sometimes they think it makes them better than others that don't, and it doesn't. Though I speak with the tongue of men and angels, and have not love. Is love a gift of the Spirit? No. It's the fruit of the Spirit. They tarried for the gift of the Spirit, but they received something called the fruit of the Spirit with it. And there are eight attending words that describe and give a definition of the nine total. Love is the fruit of the Spirit. Everything follows that describes love. Peace, joy, mercy, whatever all of them are. And listen to this. The word love that says God is love, agape. And the word, the gift, the fruit of the spirit is love, agape. When Jesus said, do you love me, Peter? It was agape. What's important about it? If I spoke with a thousand tongues and didn't know how to love you, I would be nothing more than sounding brass and tinkling cymbal, and that drummer could make good music for that. And I want you to know something, folks. You don't win them speaking in tongues. Build up your most holy faith, praying in the Spirit. Build up that faith praying in tongues. Let it be the gift of the Spirit as you speak in tongues and translations will follow. Let those gifts flow. That's wonderful. But don't leave out the fruit of the Spirit, which is love, because that's what wins the world. That's what turns the world upside down. That God so gave the Spirit in tongues that he gave his only begotten Son. No, God so loved the world, the fruit of the Spirit. Agape. So when Jesus said, feed my sheep, he knew it was going to take the fruit of the Spirit to accomplish that. And one day, on the bank of a river in Vietnam, a sniper's bullet went through the back of my hand, detonated a grenade six inches from my right ear, blew my face off, blew my body apart, devastated me, decimated me. I looked down and see my own heart beating. That's a bad day. You look in the mirror and you can't recognize yourself, that's a bad day. 60 surgeries later, that's a bad 10, 6 decades. That's tough. And I've had people say to me, Dave, you're tough. You even said that to me tonight, Gil. You said, Dave, you're tough. To that effect, I'm, not, I'm a wuss, man. I'm a crybaby. You saw a snot and trying to sing a song for me and make a fool of myself. I couldn't control myself. I'm not tough. I'm about as tough as I am, good-looking. So you can write that one off. I, I think I told you the, th- the three things that I'm not. I'm not good-looking, and I'm not that intelligent, but I am smart where I know I'm stupid. I get people that are smart where I'm stupid, I hire them to make me look good. I'm good at that. And I'd like to tell everybody, I'm smart enough I was in the top 10%. Unfortunately, it was the lower one-third of my class. And I majored in math, and five out of four people don't get fractions. I love to do that because some people just look at me. Alice, what did he just (laughs) say? You were in my class. That's where you were. Why, Why do they call Dave Reaver? It's not the bottle. It's the content within the Bible, but I'm the delivery system. You're the delivery system. They don't ask me to serve in these foreign countries with our military because I'm good looking. It's not because of intelligence. It is because of love, agape love, and I can't claim credit for that. So I feed the sheep because I love my master and my Lord Jesus Christ and his amazing grace. Am I making any sense to you? I don't know what you came expecting me to do tonight, but this is what I'm doing. Because I couldn't leave this place without telling you and making sure you understand. If there's anything good in Dave Reaver, it's that water of life that Dave Reaver can't produce, it's the water of life that flows from the throne of God, it's the agape love. I love my brothers. I love, I love them in the Lord. That agape love is men helping men help themselves. People helping people help themselves. That's all good. We clothe the naked. We feed the hungry. That's agape uh, That's phileo, brotherly love. But when you want to change the world, Take that giant leap of faith. Let the power of the Holy Ghost himself dwell in your mortal body. And when you love and when you speak and when you give and when you talk, when you reach, when you touch anything and everything you do is emphasized by that agape love, that's what's going to fill that new building, you're building. That's what's going to turn this town upside down. That's what's going to make you the epicenter of the greatest revival to sweep across the lower Forty Eight. And it started in Wasilla. Do you believe that? I said, do you believe that? It can start in Eagle River. It can start in a little town called Igigigig. It can start in any place that the people let the love of God do the miraculous. Let the gifts of the Spirit flow. Let them work. Let them be exercised in the house of faith. Let that happen. But drive that love. Gift with the love. The gift is the purpose. The love is the passion. And I believe in a passion-driven purpose. And so, I picked that guitar up and played. And one day, I was asked to play the guitar because my wife and I sang all over the lower 48. Wherever we went, we played the guitar and sang. And... One day at a district council for the denomination of the Assemblies of God, on the cuff, unexpected, they walk up and say, we're getting ready to start the evening service. Would you and your wife open the evening service with a song? I said, sure, man. I mean, you could sing to 1,500 pastors. You're going to book some stuff. I needed bookings. I mean, I got to feed my family, right? I went out, and my guitar was in the back of my, my car. I got it out, got up there and sang. And the song I sang to you tonight, Heaven sounded sweeter. The words, life has been so good. At that point, I had one eye, one ear, one nostril. That plastic ear hadn't even been made yet. There was no eyelid because there was, the eyeball was covered with skin. There was no muscle to even make an eyelid with. There, all this was just smooth skin, drawn down, inverted mouth. I'm standing up there playing the guitar singing, life has been so good. I can't complain. When I said those words in that song, a man and his wife, a pastor and his wife, got up and ran to the altar and fell on her face before God in that civic center in Austin, Texas. Because before service, they got in the biggest fight over what dress she ought to wear. And a guy with no face gets up with a beautiful woman. The Beauty and the Beast was performing that night. It sounds like it's all about me. Are you understanding yet? This is not about me. It's about the life of Christ in me, the life of Christ in you. That's what's going to win, Wasilla. You're not going to fill that church with people that like good music and good preaching and clap their hands and shout and dance and speak in tongues. You'll fill it because with love you went into that city and you won the lost. Get ready, Pastor, Go, because the church you're in will not contain the people that are going to come. And let your wife just, let her just, let her preach her little heart out. She's one day going to be a pastor too. You guys are a team and you're going to pull strong together and Eagle River will be blessed because of you. Because the agape love of Christ that's in the two of you will reach that city like this church is reaching this one. You know what I'm going to tell you? There's not a church in the entire state of Alaska has this many people sitting in tonight. How dare you tell? Show me a church in Anchorage. Anywhere in this entire state has a church full of people like you've got right here in Wasilla right now. I doubt there's one anywhere. I don't think there's a bar has this many people in tonight. And we're drinking from the fountain, aren't we? Oh, Yeah. I was amazed. I didn't say it last night, but when I was at your church, they showed me that this was once a dance hall, a dance studio, I think. It used to be a dance studio. I thought, well, what is it now? It's a dance studio. (laughs) When the Spirit comes and the dancing starts and the singing and shouting goes, oh, my goodness, they don't have a dance studio that can mimic that because we're not dancing to learn how. We're dancing because of the joy of the Lord. And and this is what I came to tell you as I close, and I, I've got a minute and eight, six seconds, five, four, got to shut up. <laughs> but I'm going to leave you tonight. But I want to leave you with this. I came, and if you remember me for anything, if I never get to come back, and I'll be honest with you, I'd rather... I'd rather just go on and be with the Lord. I'm ready. But He's not through. There's so much I have to do. I wish He'd just release me and let me go home. I miss my wife. But I'm tired. I want to be with Jesus. But if I remembered anything, remember I loved you. And didn't come here to impress you. I don't know how to do that. But I've been with the Lord all day since three o'clock this morning. My son knew something was breaking inside my heart. He called. He said, Dad, what's wrong? I said, nothing's wrong. I said, just a day of grieving. I said, it's all right, man. I'm all right. He said, Dad, don't let the darkness get to you. I said, I won't, man. I know what darkness is. I'm not. Because the closer you get to the Lord, the closer you want to get. The Bible calls it deep, calleth unto deep. Have you been with the Lord? And I close with this story that comes from the Welsh brethren, Decades ago, when they would pass each other in the street, you know how we are. Hey, brother, how you doing? Or what up, dog? You know how we are. They passed each other and said, hey, brother, you been to the thin place lately. What? Have you been to the thin place? I'm not talking about Jenny Craig here. (laughs) What's the thin place? They knew. But do we? See, the thin place is where you've knelt at your bedside or in your prayer closet till you've worn the knees of your pants thin or the carpet is worn thin. They said that Wigglesworth, the carpet was worn out where the man knelt so many years praying before God. He's known to have literally raised the dead. People don't want to believe that. They don't want to believe it. Jesus did it. He was at the thin place. The other thin place is, I've been there a few times. The Bible says we see through a glass darkly, dimly. We see through it, but we don't see clearly. It's a veil that's spoken of in the Scriptures. There's a veil. The older you get, the clearer you see through it. Ask, Ask your elders in the body of Christ in here. The closer you get to heaven, the more you can see through it. My old dad died at 92. His dad at 103. Both of them loved Jesus to the last breath. My dad would have lived longer, but he fell out of his wheelchair, broke his hip. They tried to fix it, and they couldn't wake him up after surgery. So at 92, he died. But I come back from Iraq or Afghanistan or God knows some places I didn't even know where I was. They sent me and never told me, and I got in and out of the dark, so I never knew where I was training our troops. I would come home so tired because I work from, I sleep, I get in at midnight, and get up and, and be on the helicopter at 4 a.m. I do that three months at a time, three weeks at a time, sometimes three days, and then go to another country, do it again, another country, do it again. I'd go home. I was so tired. I just wanted to cry. I was so exhausted. I would go home and first place I go is to my sweet wife, go home to my family. Then I go see my dad down the rest of He didn't want, he wouldn't let me take, I took care of him for years, and he said, no more, no more. I said, why? He said, because I can't pastor you. I need to go to the rest of so I can pastor that bunch of old people down there. So I took him down, and he pastored that rest of the He was the pastor in the rest of them. He said, the only problem I got is these old women chase me around down there. <laughs> and so he told me, he said, what well, I'm trying to kiss me. He said, she's going to ruin my ministry. I said, Dad, I don't think you have to worry about that. I don't think you have to worry about that. So one day I came in from Iraq. I was so tired and I went in. And he was sitting in his big recliner and he was chin down. He was sound asleep, snoring, sitting in his recliner. I didn't want to wake him up. And I was so tired. I sat down on the edge of the bed and I thought I'd just sit here and wait till he wakes up. I'm not in a rush. I went to sleep. I dozed off sitting there. I was so tired. And my old dad lived so close to that veil, that thin place. Suddenly, I'm sound asleep and I'm sitting on the edge of the bed, nodding off. Suddenly I hear, Oh, that thou wouldest come down and ruin the heavens. And I jumped so bad, I fell off the bed and landed on the floor. I looked up at my dad and he looked at me and I said, Where'd you come from? I said, Dad, are you all right? He said, What do you mean? I'm all right? I said, Oh, the thou wouldest ruin the heavens and come down? He said, Yeah. I said, Papa, how close do you live to that? Other side, he said, I can see through that veil. He's been to the thin place. Scared me. I about fell through the thin place. (laughs) I don't have to worry about being said, You scared the devil out of me that day. (laughs) That's how he won people to Christ. Scared the devil out of him. So I wrote it up and I said, I think my dad was sound asleep and the death angel was standing behind him with a scythe ready to take him. And suddenly he yells out, "Oh, the thousand in the heavens come down!" And and the death angel jumps hard, his scythe caught the caught the fabric of space and ripped a hole in it. And God peeked through and said, "Not yet, Al, but Soon. Soon and very soon." And I'm going to tell you as I close, the veil is being rent. Soon, and very soon we're going to be with Jesus. You won't get there locking him. You got to love him. You got to love him with all your heart, all your mind, your soul, your spirit, your body, every ounce of your existence. And what cannot be weighed because it's spirit has to love him with agape love. Grow in the Lord as a body of Christ. Grow in the Lord as the family and the household of faith. Grow in the Lord and love one another with the love of Jesus. Take that step beyond brotherly love, beyond the compassion of man. In love with the compassion and the passion of Jesus. Take care of each other. Look after each other. Husbands, love your wives as Jesus loved the church and gave himself for her. Give yourself to your wife, sir. Open the door for her. Pull the chair back. and You saying, Brother Dave, now you went a little too far. No, 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 I'm not through yet before you buy the next rod and reel, you buy her a dozen roses. And if you're broke, go to the cemetery. I do, they're free. Not the rod and reel, the flowers. Oh, that rung your bell, didn't it? And the lessons I've learned lately... I'm just sharing with you because I've never known the love of Christ like I know tonight. And I've been to the thin place all day and I'm kind of broken up and you can tell, you can tell. I'm not normally this... Like I said, I'm a wuss. I know it. But I got to tell you something, folks. In the darkest days of my life, I found the brightest light and the greatest joy in my relationship with Jesus. If that can happen for me, it can happen for you. So no matter what you're going through, what you've been through, or what you may yet go through, don't let go of the hand of God. These are the two lessons I learned. One, sir, dad, husband, love your wife. Kiss her goodnight every night and tell her as you touch that precious skin of her face, you kiss those precious lips. Baby, I love you. Tell her every night you love her. And the other thing is, sir, die first. It's really a hassle. It's a hassle. Oh, my goodness. I've never had to work so hard in my life just trying to figure out passwords, how to write a check. I, set my, my, I live in a travel coach while my house is being restored. A tornado hit. and I, I, I didn't know how to cook. I set the coach on fire trying to cook bacon. I pushed the button, and three hours later, I went back, and the clothes had never washed. I... <laughs> So I've learned how to cook. You know what it is? Buy the bacon already cooked. It comes and put it in the microwave, count to ten, and it's done. No one has to come put the fire out and the smoke alarms don't go off. It's wonderful. And I learned how to push the button and make sure the door is shut all the way. I've learned so much, and life is so good. And I got to go to Wasilla and be with a lot of good people. And I love you. I love you. Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one.